Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Ryland Turner here. Welcome to Wednesday Night Wallop, Season 5, Episode 4. Usually I'm joined by Kyle Joseph, but Kyle needed the night off tonight. So to fill his shoes, we have two very special guests. Firstly, joining us once again, Jack London. Thank you so much on such short notice for, for making it onto the show, making down a top five, or taking down a top five list, uh, watching Dynamite, and being here to celebrate a wonderful Wednesday. Uh, I live for this, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. And first time on the show, somebody we've I've been communicating with for probably the better part of a year and a half to two years. Uh, Eric from Cleveland, but is a Canadian. That's what we're going to call this guy. <laughs> or I also go by EZ. EZ, yes, Easy e over here. Uh, he's cruising down the street in his 6-4, and he made it onto Wednesday Night Wallop. How are you, sir? I'm great. I'm just really happy to finally be on the show with you guys. And uh, from one fellow uh, Winnipeg Jets fan to another. Let's go. Yes. Yes. He's a, he, this is a man from Toronto, lives in Cleveland, cheers for the Jets. Like, yes. that doesn't come by every day. And that does not. I have, and I have season tickets you hate for the Cleveland the Leafs Monsters too? hockey team. Um, let's see. Yes. Here's how okay. I put it. They are like an abusive relationship that I left. You know, they were, they were trying to give me a phenomenal childhood, but in the end, just giving me false promises. And after they got, like, knocked out by Montreal, I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I mean, there comes a point where it's like, I don't necessarily, like, hate the Canadians. I just, I won't cheer for Montreal. But when I know that they were up 3-1 against them in the playoffs, I was like, they're going to blow it. I know they will. Normally, my predictions don't come that true, but this is the Maple Leafs. They've hit a new low, and I'd rather be cheering for their younger brother, the Marlies, because at least we can win a championship. <laughs> it's true. Oh, I can it's go true. on all day with my hockey roast about the Maple Leafs. Okay, well, we are definitely going to have you. We are definitely going to have you on the sports report because I need a hockey yes. guy, and yes, uh, you so do. you can consider yourself a correspondent. Um, yeah. Guys, we start this show every single week the same way we are talking about the news of the week. It's time for the Wednesday Night Roundup. It's a Wednesday Night Roundup. Guys, uh, AEW announced the launch of a live event series, AEW House Show or House Rules. Uh, they announced that tonight on television. It was announced pre prior to. This looks to be what Jeff Jarrett is doing with the company behind the scenes, aside from um, just making Kyle so mad every week that he's on television, <laughs> taking up time from the young stars. Personally, oh, I, I don't have as much of a problem. Can, who can agree with that? <laughs> I, I, I don't mind Jeff Jarrett on TV. He's losing to young guys, so he's losing. He's not winning. Um, but they announced that they are going to be starting a house show series. Uh, I'm assuming th that Jeff Jarrett was brought into the company to help launch this sort of house show initiative that they're trying. $20 a ticket plus fees. Uh, I think that's a great price for a house show. Um, Typical for Indy. 10 a.m. is the time of the show. Or oh, sorry, wow. they, they are they are uh, tickets are going on sale February third at ten a.m. My my mistake. Uh, this is in <laughs> my morning shows. <laughs> I've done it once. There was I went to a house show once in in Winnipeg that, um, it was a it was the same day as the Super Bowl. So the house show started at noon, ah, and yeah. Jack has lived through the uh, through the 
chef life for some time. So in my oh, time yeah. of being a, a chef in a fine dining restaurant, uh, I loved drugs way too much. And needless to say, after a long night of being up doing <laughs> countless terrible things, I went to this house show with no sleep, and it was an event. It was an event. Uh, I saw was AJ it Styles. Was a WWE house show or a WWE house show? It was. It was a. It was a WWE house show. Like way. Long ago, I don't do drugs anymore. I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> despite the glass of wine in my hand, I, I am sober. Yeah, I am straight edge, <laughs> except I have a better attitude than CM Punk. Ooh, ooh, shots thrown. Shots Big thrown. Burn. Yeah, Shot and, and Punk is like a hero to me, but recently, um, yeah, I, for, I, I can agree. Matter. I can agree with you on that. There's been some mixed views on this show, uh, mostly in the, uh, you know, to the side of it, it was unbecoming of a champion. Me and Jack oh, actually after... reviewed that pay per view and the uh, the story afterwards just a few months ago. But for guys, just getting us, for just us marks, like we did like an entire, we almost did like an entire show rather than talking about the pay per view. We talked about the fallout, which was rare, and <laughs> I just completely went off on Punk. It's like, how good you do this? Um. Guys, getting back into this, though, what are your thoughts on the house show initiative that they're doing? Eric, I'll start with you. Is this okay. is this a positive thing for AEW? Is this, uh, is this like, you think this is a trial run? What, what do you think? Well, prior to this, you know, I was, like, chatting with you that I'm thinking, you know, hey, I like it. I mean, they had, they did do it once before. It was like they called the, the house always wins when they were still in Daly's place. And I think this would be okay, you know, go to, like, the communities or the cities and, or the towns that, you know, Dynamite, and even with the WWE, they normally wouldn't do, like, Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, or Rampage ad. So I think this might be good, you know, just see, like, the small towns and give them a good wrestling show. Having said that, though, I would tweak it a little bit and be like, you know what, I don't mind that it's, you know, one of those, like, non-televised events and such, but I still think this might be a good opportunity for, let's say, maybe... For people to watch Dark more, because you know, if you put AEW Dark like in like these small towns, you know, like they're going to Troy, Ohio, I believe, it would honestly be okay. I mean, it's not going to boost the viewership on YouTube, but it would still be cool to be like, hey, you know what? We were in this tiny little last town, and we did Dark. This is going to be on Monday, so if you want to watch it, that'd be cool. And uh, you could keep like Dark Elevation as like the precursor shows. Two dynamites or rampage, whichever, you know, still give like a good little boot introduction boost for people, you know, get them pumped up for dynamite and such. So that's just my opinion. But I mean, I'm not like personally the biggest fan of hype shows. I've never been to one. I'd rather just go see indie shows. But I still think this might be cool, you know, a good little trial run, see where this goes. And uh hey, I, I think personally I would say if you want to run these house shows. Do it in small market towns. Don't go to like big cities, like with like with WWE Live. You know they do like a tape show in like a college arena or so. I mean, although Dynamite playing was ironically in Dayton, Ohio for this, but still, like I would I would go to the smaller communities. I would not do like a live show in say like Chicago. Like rather, you know, if you're in the Illinois area, maybe go to somewhere smaller, like maybe Rockford, Peoria, just to name a few. So but yeah, I, I think this might be a good experiment and knowing Jeff Jarrett and his indie history, he's he actually does a pretty damn good job on promotion wise. So and whether you like Absolutely. him or not on TV, I honestly love Double J. Like even if he's a villain, you know, I boo him. But it's because well you boo him. But 
I will never ever get sick and tired of hearing Dale Oliver's My World. That is just one of my favorite <laughs> entrance themes of all time. I did a top 10 themes uh, with uh, my uh, panelist with uh, Athletic Geek on his show, Justice Marks. And uh, yeah, Jeff Jarrett was on my list. It's like that. I can never get tired of that guitar. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I love that theme. Yeah. Uh, Jack, what are your thoughts on this house show initiative? So, yeah, I remember the AEW, uh, the house always wins. Uh, house show that they did a while back. I think for them, it becomes a novelty because they're not running a lot of shows. And uh, they have such a, a, a big roster. <laughs> like, I would I would say that it's too big a roster, especially if you stretch and you look at what they're starting to do now with Ring of Honor. So you got all these people, you need to get paydays in. And, and I think a house show is... is potentially a good way to do it i think the, the best thing about going to house shows is because sometimes that can be an experience that's disconnected from what you see on tv or that can also be an experience of kind of working things out working matches out working concepts out so anytime you can get in front of live crowds that's good and especially if it's going to different places I just, I feel so sad about AEW Dark and Elevation. It's almost like those don't even come on. Like, I don't, I don't know anybody who watches them. So, you know, maybe a house, maybe good house shows would be a way to, to, to build a little buzz and work a few things out. They just have such a huge roster. It's like, man. But I think getting in the house show game is, is I think it's positive. I mean, the like, I'll, I'll say here, this. But, yeah. oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, uh, not to interrupt on this, but like I think for like for like dark and dark elevation, it's honestly cooler to see it in person though. Like it, it means a lot when you've like see those like kick ass matches. Like when you're going to a dynamite event, and though having said that, I sound like a hypocrite that the I've been to let's see, yeah, three dynamites now in uh, Cleveland twice and one in Chicago, and I have not actually watched the. Dark matches, uh, unless they claim we're in it, but <clears throat> it's still like a good experience to see up front. And I'm sure maybe this is what the house shows are looking for as well. But it's not televised, but still a great experience for someone who I don't know. Maybe they might be going to their very first wrestling show, and it's a it's an AEW live event. And I can say the same with a WWE house show. You know, you introduce them to some wrestling, and maybe they'll watch it on Monday, Wednesday, or Friday nights. Who knows? So. Uh, getting into the next story, Kota Ibushi is a free agent. He's talked about how in his time uh, uh, working through the wrestling scene that a lot of his friends are working for AEW right now. He's got a school in Japan right now, and that seems to be his focus. Um, but what are your guys' thoughts when it comes to... Um, I'll start with you, Jack. Kota Ibushi, like this guy is probably the hottest free agent of the last year. And yeah. this guy has definitely an opportunity to um, make a lot of money <laughs> in oh, the American scene. Oh, yeah. I, and, and I think you got a lot of uh, American audience that are dying to see the guy. Like I, I, when he came and did the Cruiserweight Classic, you know, just the, the novelty of seeing Kota Ibushi in the WWE was something to see. And, you know, just watched it all the way to the end. So. I, I got a feeling that, that, that we're going to see uh, him in AEW doing some doing some really cool stuff. It, it'll be nice to see him in that environment, you know. But as I just said about how many they got too many people on the roster, 
uh, Cold Ed Bushy is worth moving a couple asses to the side for. So, yeah, then bring them on. Bring them to AEW. Bring them to the state. I couldn't agree more. Eric. Um, Kota Ibushi, uh, well, it was a little sad hearing that Ibushi was leaving New Japan, but I know that he's going to look to do some new ventures. So, <clears throat> I don't know. I think the big rumor, when I first saw the announcement, I was like, oh, that's sad. And then I heard, oh, he's signed with GCW, but I was like, oh, wait, he made an appearance there, or he's going to make an appearance there. Okay. Um, him going to AEW, I um, was like, I'm not going to fire it off just yet. I... So think you know as Jack mentioned earlier, yeah, AEW's kind of they kind of have a big roster. So I think I would worry more on the superstars you do have before we have a Golden Lovers reunion. So we're gonna hold off on that. Um, if you want a Bushi in AEW, okay, cool. But again, just worry on the superstars that we do have. Like let's see, oh, we have a missing. Miro and uh, Andrade El Idolo, for example. Ooh. You know, one, two guys yep. that should be on television more. And I don't mind Roosh. I love Roosh. But uh, where is his uh, Los Ingenables, uh partner? I know I said that badly, but yeah. <laughs> Anyways. But, yeah. I mean, whatever Obushi wants to do in his uh, future endeavors, not so like WWE, go have fun with it. And, uh, yeah, as we talked about like beforehand that he i know w like wwe is probably gonna throw a whack load of cash at him and i mean i could see it and he was in the cruiserweight classic but we'll see you know but if i hear that he wants to go to like impact or something it's like um are you sure not to diss on impact but <laughs> if you want to go somewhere where there's ratings AEW and wwe is fine and but if he does go to WWE, would you bring him to the main roster or put him on NXT for like a year or two? Like a year and a half, actually. You don't want to keep him there a lot long. Main roster. <laughs> Let's go. Fast track him. Hold up, hold up, hold up. SummerSlam. Cody versus Coda. There you go. You have your SummerSlam main Take event. my money. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, Guys, if they put... If they, if they make SummerSlam into like stadium shows, which they should have to begin with, I would definitely love to see that. Certainly. Um, guys, that's the news for this week. Uh, before we get into the Wednesday night rundown, um, we are we have a segment every week that we, we've been doing for the last eh, few months or so. Jack, I know you're going to appreciate it. It's time for Dinner Before Dynamite. <laughs> I love it. And I did have a news item that we can get to. Uh, oh, that's uh, right. That's right. I'm sorry, Jack. I didn't mean to cut you off. We got all the time in the world. Before we get to dinner, before Dynamite, let's talk about these Royal Rumble stats that came out of the Royal Rumble this weekend. I know you wanted to talk about that, boy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I, I thought, uh, you know, a lot of times in, in wrestling, we're so doom and gloom about everything, <laughs> you know, and, and to see these Forbes uh, reported. Um, that the Royal Rumble gate, they did $7.7 million at the gate, which is insane. the highest gate for Royal Rumble in history. And then other figures came out and it's like, wow, there's one thing when the WWE tells you this, but with other places that do a little fact check and we're looking at merchandise sales up 135%. 
sponsorship from Mountain Dew up 200% highest sponsorship that they've used for any Royal Rumble period across all social platforms. Logan Paul and Ricochet's uh, uh, middle of the ring cross section did 26.5 million views along with the bloodline, the ending doing 20 million views across all social media platforms. So this is essentially mm-hmm. the, the best rated box office Royal Rumble in history. And what does that say for kicking off the Triple H era? Because those are some that, numbers that, boy, <laughs> wow. I was going to follow up when you said, what does that mean for the Triple H era? That we should beat up Logan Paul more? <laughs> I think we're all in agreement with that. Definitely. I, I had this little running gag that's like, I'm not. I don't want to like hurt Logan Paul. I just don't mind seeing somebody maybe smash a chair over his head and send him to what I like to call Concussion City. Oh Lord. That's just my opinion. I mean, I'm I'm not saying I want to do it. I'm just saying I wouldn't mind seeing somebody do it. So therefore, I am not provoking violence to him. I'm just maybe inspiring somebody to be violent to him after all the shit that he's done on YouTube. Yeah, certainly a controversial figure in in Logan Paul and Jake Paul. Uh, certainly. Um, with all that being said, though, guys, uh, Jack, was that all the stats, or did you want to get into some of the yeah. Rumble stats as well? No, no, that that was it. I just thought that that was really telling news at a time when. You know, we're always clinging to different metrics and what, what the business is really doing. And I know they're renegotiating TV deals and looking to sell. I just think that those stats let us know, if nothing, they are doing something right with the bloodline. Like, I've never yeah. seen the amount of interest in anything in wrestling in a very, very, very long time. So something to be said about not moving the belt. A million times and keep the belts on the people so that way everything means more and clearly people are showing up clearly there's huge interest and if the royal rumble was like that i'm expecting wrestlemania to break box office records especially with the main event of you know potentially cody and roman Oh, they've announced that at this point. Cody and Roman has been announced, and Rhea and Charlotte has been announced. So we know we're getting those two matches, or at least that's what they're telling us at this point we're doing. Don't get me wrong. I I could certainly see them doing something with Sami Zayn, but after all... What I'm thinking is they're going to, like, they have to at this point split the belts again, which should be to begin with, in my opinion. So likely Sammy might get a title shot with somebody, maybe Kevin Owens, we don't know. But definitely Cody Roman, it's going to be for either, well, I think it's likely going to be Cody and Roman for the World Heavyweight Championship because that was the belt that Dusty was going to win, but he got screwed over. Right. And so far um, what they're saying is to do the, do the Cody, I mean, do the, uh, the match at Elimination Chamber in Montreal, doing something with, with Roman and Sammy there. And then potentially WrestleMania being uh, Sammy and Kevin Owens against the Usos for the Tag Team Championship. That was actually another idea I probably had. See, that there is a way to make that work. There is a way to have it so the tag team titles mean a lot. That would be mm-hmm. the main event that first night. Yep. I mean, we've that got a hot story with Sammy Zayn. 
we don't necessarily need to put the title on him or need to put the title on him at WrestleMania. I understand the, the clamoring for it because, oh, it's the big show. But you know what? In my opinion, and I think I was planning on bringing this up this week on the show anyway, so I figure I, I'll just go off now. As much as I hear you people with the Sami Zayn stuff, I'm a fan. I, I love the work he's done. He reinvigorated the bloodline fantastically over the last, you know, however many months. And he's done everything you can do to get to the position where you do deserve a reward, a title shot, whatever. But it doesn't need to be yet. I would like to see this story continue to play out. Mm -hmm. And I know WrestleMania is kind of the end-all, be-all of the WWE year, but it doesn't mean that we have to end this story yet. Like, we can always have a great cliffhanger at WrestleMania. Or, you know, I don't want to see... The one thing I will say, I do not want to see Sami Zayn help Cody win the title. That's that's. Mm -hmm. I want Cody to do that on his own. And quite frankly, mm -hmm. any, any sort of enjoyment from Sami Zayn, no, no, I think... I just, I just found match. one bad one. The first ever in WrestleMania main event to end in a disqualification <laughs> how pissed off do you want the fans to go home days of the the finish like that especially on such a big stage we're certainly over um but with all that being said guys that is the news of the week it's time for dinner before dynamite mm. i've never had to say that three times on the show before. So, Jack, you are the chef. What did you have for dinner tonight? So I actually made one of my world famous omelets just because I had some candy bacon left over. So I made me an omelet with some candy bacon and some mushrooms and some white American cheese and uh, had a little bit of salsa and sour cream on it. A little bit of parsley to finish it so it can look nice and pretty while I enjoyed kind of my disease. Excellent. Excellent. That, that's probably the fanciest thing I've heard on this segment of the show ever. <laughs> that's coming from somebody who works in the kitchen. Um, Eric, what did you have? I had Panera bread. <laughs> uh, it, it, was, it was leftover lunch. Uh, it was uh, a really damn good sandwich, too, though. I never thought I had to talk about food on here, but hey, you know what? I'm a foodie. Uh, I'm just trying to find I out. Yeah. I need to like keep remembering what the, what the name of it is because there's a new thing that I think Panera Bread had, had just put out here. Uh, here we go. So it was a smoky buffalo chicken melt. What this thing has on it is smoked pulled chicken raised without antibiotics because, well, Panera Bread wants to be fancy with American cheese, red onions, and spicy buffalo ranch sauce on a toasted French baguette. But I customized it a little bit because I'm picky as hell. So, I I think for this time I added white cheddar for it, and then I replaced the red onions with uh, frizzled onions, so like as like crispy onion straws as some people might cut potted, and then I add like basil, cilantro, and I think that's it. Yeah, and you kicked that yeah, puppy it, up. It, you kicked it up. It's I a good sandwich. Yeah. But yeah. having said that, though, I am pretty damn good at making some damn good fried chicken. Like, I always joke about this, that the one thing that I love about deep South America is frying foods. Like, I, I don't eat it daily because I kind of want to look fit for myself. <laughs> and I, I do I like to actually go to the gym. But yeah, I, I make some damn good fried chicken, so I'd be willing to challenge any of you assholes uh, into making fried food. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. fun. You're talking to two chefs. Talking to two chefs. Yep. Here we go. 
Rowan down. Uh, guys, I had a uh, I had a cheeseburger turned into a wrap uh, with some cold ass onion rings. Just an end of the day type <laughs> meal. I ended up I ended up having to stay forty five minutes extra at work. So I, uh, I I by the time I got to it, it was it was a sad wrap. But I'm gonna wolf down some ice cream after this is all over and done with. <laughs> Did you oh, see my... the movie? Have any of you seen the movie The Menu yet? I have yet to. I'm, 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 I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on air, but it it's gonna fuck you up. The movie is <laughs> here's the one thing though. I do love it's suspenseful, it's like psychotic, sociopathic, like Ralph Fetus is is just amazing in the in his movie as the chef. The one thing that kind of turns me off with it, and I'm not like putting in spoilers, but it's like Every so often it puts in like some sort of like comedy fiasco. Like it's supposed to be like a psycho comedy movie, but I'm like, uh, when I watched the trailer, I didn't see anything funny about this movie. This literally scared me. So and I'm a 28 year old man here. So if that spooks me, but the, the comedy aspect kind of distracts the movie, but nevertheless, it is amazing. And it might scar you when you, every time you look at cheeseburgers, that's okay. I'm going to yeah, definitely gonna watch the menu. Definitely gonna watch the menu. All right, guys. I don't know guys. if it's uh, been uh, released on Netflix or whatever yet. I think it's a Disney Plus one. Um, so check oh, that out. Yeah, you movie. guys have the Star Plus thing on Disney. Yeah, I That's have right. called Hulu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like some of those Hulu shows are great. Uh, we can't get them up yeah. here. Anyway, let's yeah. get on to the wrestling, guys. It is time for the Wednesday Night Rundown. Guys, Dynamite tonight was fast-paced, as it always is, but let's run down what happened exactly before we get into our top five lists. Okay, I'm not going to get through this as fast as Kyle usually does. Uh, Hangman Page uh, wrestled John Moxley. John Moxley got a quick roll-up at the end of the match. John Moxley came down to the ring with his dad. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, yeah. Although it's sad that Wheeler Yuta didn't get mentioned. It's like, being accompanied by his dad. He's like, um, Wheeler Yuta is right there. That is so great. Okay. That's the only possible turn? It's possible. The acclaimed Max Caster and Anthony Bowens defeated Turbo Turbo Floyd and Truth Magnum. Wow, what a set of jobbers these guys look like. Uh, This led into a segment. With uh, the gun club uh, coming down, or the guns rather, and challenging the acclaimed, Billy Gunn got in between them, said he'd beat the shit out of each other, then he left the ring, and Austin Gunn made a crass remark about him being addicted to pills, which brought back Billy, who then agreed to the match on on behalf of the acclaimed, who didn't seem too happy about that, but that looks to be, uh, what, uh, next week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Jungle I Boy Jack Perry. Revolution was this month, but it's actually next month. It's like, oh. Huh. Yeah. Uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry uh, has talked about his relationship with Hook. He said that he wants to focus on being a champion by himself for now. I think this is the right move. You just had Jungle Boy split up with Luchasaurus. I don't, not to mention, like, don't get me wrong. I love Hook. I like the tag team, but it's not the time. Takeshita defeated Brian Cage after quite a hell of a match. 
Uh, we'll talk about we'll talk more about that one later. The Jericho Appreciate, Appreciation Society is backstage with Renee Paquette. Jericho is talking about uh, Ricky Stark's desire to get a rematch with him. Sammy Guevara then uh, Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia thought a Garcia Gauntlet uh, match would be a good idea. Starks will have to beat Parker Menard and either Guevara or Garcia. He gets through that gauntlet, he will get a rematch with Chris Jericho. He's gonna get the rematch. <laughs> I, and I guess I'm looking he's not gonna fight Jake Hager. <laughs> well, he did that already. Oh yeah, uh, true, he, true, loves, true. he loves their head. The yeah, elite uh, are on a basketball court. Kenny Omega says, uh, giving top flight. Uh, and AR Fox a shot at the titles next week sounds like a good idea. Then Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, Ethan Page show up. Uh, along with Stokely Hathaway. They pitched the idea of a match between the three of them on uh, Rampage, which the, uh, the the Bucks and Omega eventually accept. Brian Danielson wrestled Timothy Thatcher in quite the catch-as-catch-can match. Uh, Daniel Bryanson got... Daniel... <laughs> sorry. Brian Danielson, Jesus, gets the win in that one. Uh, backstage, MJF is beating up Takeshita, who interfered in that segment. They fight until they're separated, and in which case, Renee Paquette awkwardly gets in the middle of this brawl to announce they will face each other in an eliminator match next week. Because Tony Khan Khan totally couldn't have done that for himself. Well, I mean, like, he doesn't like to be on TV unless he's hugging somebody awkwardly. Um, (laughs) Barb Strickland and his uh, cronies are are backstage. They're talking about the Rhodes family legacy and how it gets under his skin. And in the same vein, he sets the site. Sorry, Cody's not on Dynamite anymore. Just so well, I, I, think were, I think they were more referring to, to Dustin. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> well, Brian Pillman Jr. is there, uh, is, or sorry, is going to be his next opponent because Dustin isn't there. Uh, the broadcast team and then announced that Roosh will face Brian Danielson next week. Uh, take all my fucking money. Then we see a segment where MJF enters Roosh's locker room, gives him a briefcase full of cash. Roosh says something in uh latin and which is translated to i accept uh your you know money for basically beating the shit out of brian danielson next week i believe mjf asked him to rip his arm off and beat him with it so we're getting a murder next day yeah yeah also also possible dream match roosh mjf please inject that shit into my veins Wow. All right. Eric is, is fired the fuck up. I like this. TBS <laughs> championship match. Jade Cargill uh, wrestled Red Velvet and defeated her. Uh, I think this was, uh, and I'm going to talk about it later, but this was a, certainly a good match from Jade Cargill, her best match in a long time. Um, so we'll talk again. We'll talk about that later. Uh, this gets her to 50 and 0, by the way. Uh, I guess there was a, I must have missed it earlier, but there was a brawl where Britt Baker got attacked by the newly healed uh, Soraya and Tony Storm. What a fucking terrible idea that is. Uh, they're backstage <laughs> in the trainer's room. Britt Baker says she's fine. Ruby Soho walks in and asks if, if Baker is good. Uh, months ago, these women hated each other, but I'm not going to bother with that. Uh, says that Soraya and Storm are Soho's girls. Uh, Baker says that she thinks it's weird that so- Soho happened. Uh, and that's anyway. Uh, no holds barred match main event. Darby Allen and Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe picks up the win and wins back the TNT Championship. Oof, this was a fucking good one. We're going to get into it. This podcast is brought to you by Spear King. Literally. Our producer, RJ, has decided to branch out and brand himself, and we couldn't be more excited to hear that. If you've been with Wednesday Night Wallop from the beginning, you will hear that the production has since improved tenfold, 
And that's all thanks to Spear King. RJ has worked tediously to hone his production skills, from the opening song to the tidbits of music sprinkled throughout, and the editing of the podcast in its entirety. Spear King puts a royal effort into your product. I know for a fact that we wouldn't have the professional sound that we do without his efforts. So please go support our producer in all of his future endeavors, and don't be afraid to reach out about something you're interested in RJ getting his hands on. That's Spear King Co. on Facebook, at spear.king.co on Instagram and at spearkingmusic on TikTok. Spearking. Music, media, and production. Guys, it is time for the top five. Oh, wait. Uh, well, somebody who returns. And somebody sorry, returns. Sorry, Wardlow did return at the end after Samoa Joe won and, uh, and beat up Samoa Joe, then beat up some security guys. It was it was quite the uh, Wardlow-like. I mean, it's Wardlow. That's what he does. He I beats know. up 50 minutes in a match. Yep. Guys, getting into our top five, uh, does anybody well, – Eric, I'll start with you. Do you have any honorable mentions? Uh, my honorable mentions, uh, tad controversial, actually. Hangman mocks. As much as this match was a good opener, the ending was really, 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 really – a few moments later, really wow. stupid. I, it literally looked like this was a botched pin or ending. I'm like, huh? I, I'm literally so damn confused what happened. Like, was that supposed to happen or so? And uh, this, I probably... I've also, Sorry, I don't oh, mean to cut probably, you up. No, 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 you're good. And I've also um, been asking this since All Out, but can we please give John Moxley a vacation already? His dad had to come to work with him today to ask for it. Whoa. We just want to go fishing. Can he just get his fucking vacation already, please? Um, with all that being said, then, I, I will ask your point yeah. there with uh, the, the match. Um, I think that the, the announcers covered it up real good. Because, yeah, I mean, I don't think it looked necessarily like a botched pin, but it was a reversal from his own signature move, which I think the announcers did a good job covering up. Um, and I, again, I think... We needed a less definitive win to get us a fourth match. I mean, this is their third match, right? So, like, I, I think... Can we just set this up for revolution already, then? Well, they got, a sure it it, they got a month to build it. Um, Jack, do you have any honorable... Oh, sorry, was that your last... Or was that your only honorable... I uh, know, that was my first one. My other one, uh, the announcement of MGF versus uh, Takashita... Takashka, they're... I feel bad with it. Takashi, yes. Hearing that announcement is honestly really epic because, especially for a non title match, this could actually go in either direction. I mean, sure, you want to keep MGF strong, but is he? I mean, I don't want to like extremely butcher his championship run, but I don't know. Maybe we might actually have a pretty close match here. So, obviously, you want to make sure he wins this, but. Uh, this actually could be a really good, damn good match to watch next week. So, but yeah, those are my only two honorable mentions. I, so think, I agree with you 100%. I, I think yeah. that, that that match sounds fire. Jack, let's get to yours. Yeah, so so the one honorable mention I got, it, it kind of centers around uh, MJF. And, and just, just looking at what they're trying to do with him to keep him healed. And not not having him be super, super clever, super witty. Uh, he's doing a lot of uh, underhanded tactics because NJF is such a cool customer. Like, it would be easy to just cheer for him. So I think that that is one of the 
honorable mentions is watching all of the subtle ways that they're finding to keep him a heel because he's so incredibly such a cool guy and somebody that people would quickly get behind and we saw that before so i that's what i'm always looking for when it comes to mjf i think one thing special that he's figured out how to do at this age is to stay special and not to wrestle like for mjf to be the age is what is he 26 and 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 his matches are special they don't happen often and when the when it is mentioned it's an event. It's planned a week, a month out. Like that's that. All of that, I think, is fascinating, especially to have such a young champion and just really enjoying this particular run. Uh, I, I don't think Takesha stands a chance. It's going to be a great match, but of course, MJF is. So yeah, MJF was my honorable. Excellent, excellent. Uh, I didn't have any this week, so guys, let's get right into it. The top five. Uh, Jack, I'll start with you. What was your number five? Okay, so my number five was Jade Cargill in in fifty and zero. Um, I think that it was. I think that it's a big moment. We got we've gotten a chance to really watch her career evolve. Uh, it, it, you can actually tangibly look at all fifty. Not like you know the Goldberg streak where it's, you know. Uh, 25 and 0, and then two weeks later, 171 and 0. We, we can actually watch in real time. So to see her do that, it, it, it's becoming, I think at some point, we got to find a direction to go, and we have to put somebody in front of Jay Cargill that is going to really pose a threat. And, and I don't really know who that is because AEW has two, two women's stories it's the Jay Cargill story and the everybody else story. Yeah, I think Jade and 50, you know, that was a big, big move. She went, picked her daughter up. Daughter was crying. Got a kick out of that. But yeah, that that was my number five. Jade, 50, That almost made me tear up, actually. (laughs) Her kid is so adorable. I'm sorry. It's like, you know you need to hate Jade, but her daughter is adorable. Like, you love it when wrestlers, they bring their kids here. Like, especially when Dax brought his daughter to kick uh, Sanjay right in his cojones. Uh, Jade, to me, like Jade is, uh, and I'll talk about her in a little bit, but she is hard to hate with even being a heel, considering the fact that she is such a star. And I'm not going to go too much into this, but uh, Eric, your number five. So my number five, it may have been small, short and sweet, but still kind of epic to see that, like, oh, my God, they actually did go after her. Uh, Soraya and Tony Storm, a jumping Britt Baker, DMD, like, yes, this might have been small, but this now kind of kickstarts off like, okay, so this is going to happen, but I am going to be conflicted. It's like, okay, so is Britt going to be the good girl now, or is it just because Jamie, uh, like, because Jamie is just so over and you need Britt right there for her? Uh, But, or, you know... I don't know. I'm just playing fantasy storyline here that maybe some point later on, maybe Jamie turns on Brit and becomes the real hater or something. Or maybe Brit, you know, just faked this all along and turns on Jamie. Because let's face it, Jamie is kind of getting more popular than the doctor here. So no one really is going to be screaming DMD anymore. It's everyone chanting Jamie Hater, clap, 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 clap. But yeah. 
we'll see how this goes. Like, I still think this is this might be a pretty good rivalry to have like a good non-title contention for the women's division, which is something that AEW needs to fix big time. Please, just saying. Let me see. I All think right. this would be a good Kickstarter. That's a good choice. Uh, yeah. My number five was Cage versus Takashita. I thought these guys wrestled real well together. Uh, Takashita continues to be the mo- one of the most impressive gets that AEW f- has found in the last year and a half and a bit. Uh, he's had some. Every time he gets in the ring, I feel like it's a special match. It's it's sort of similar to the what what Jack said about MJF, but just he certainly wrestles more. But the guys uh, that he wrestles and the caliber that he wrestles at, it always makes it fun and entertaining. I think Cage is a great talent. His contract is apparently up soon, so we'll see what's going to happen with Brian Cage. But uh, I thought this was great. Uh, uh, you know, a real again, like I said, a real fun match. Getting into number fours, Eric, I'll start with you. My number four, the acclaimed and the guns segments, uh, because, well, everybody loves the acclaimed and such, but this segment is interesting because I almost thought, like, oh, Billy is going to leave these guys alone, just be like, you know what, you guys sort out your problems. But, yeah, I, I couldn't tell whether it was Austin and Colt that said this, but with Austin just throwing, like, the massive, like, just strike to the heart that like he'll leave us like leave us like you did on your road trips and popping pills i'm like oh dude like you really gotta strike a nerve there uh also i I don't know i could have went with other ones and be like oh you're gonna leave us just like how your old friends left you like that could have also been another one or why they didn't call you to come in on mondays or i don't know for raw 30 would have been interesting but yeah, just like, man, all the nerve striking they do. It's like, no, I, it almost gave me, like, believe it or not, one of my least favorite women in the WWE roster, Charlotte. Sorry, not sorry. But it almost gave me, like, Charlotte vibes when he when she told her to tell Rick, like, get out of my ring. You know, you left me, like, so much, you know, when you were on the road. So, like, this is my spotlight now. It's like, oh, part of me was like, okay, good shade in there. But it's also... It took you this long to finally kick your dad out when he was trying to help you win the di- women's matches and whatnot. But anyway, that's just me. <laughs> but I, I think, like, Acclaimed in Guns, this is going to probably be, as silly as this looks, this honestly can be a really awesome rivalry that we have coming up this year. And who knows, like, maybe if the Guns, they don't beat the Acclaimed for the AEW Tag Belts, Who's to say they are not going to go on the other indie circuits and maybe try to win up some belts just like FTR did? Now, maybe Guns win the Ring of Honor tag belts, and they have a winner-take-all with the acclaimed. So, Tony Khan, I really hope you're taking notes here. So, who knows? He listens to to all the the lower-tier wrestling podcasts, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Jack, you're number four. So, uh, for my, my number four, I, I'm going to highlight the return of Wardlow. Um, you know, I, I think it, in some ways I had actually forgot about Wardlow. Once again, that's just another knock on how big the roster is that people can just disappear and just show up. And it's like, ah, I didn't, I forgot he was gone. So, yeah, Wardlow coming back. I think it's an interesting wrinkle. Um I don't want to go too far into the Darby part because I'm going back into that. But yeah, to see Warlow step back into the picture, um, especially after Darby lost a match that they're saying that, you know, this is going to be the last one. You know, so 
I, I guess we see how they're going to get the belt back onto AEW. But yeah, that 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 was my next honor. And that was my number four. The return, the return of World Lowe's World. Easy for me to say. <laughs> yeah, you know what? So I, I, I will agree with you that... Um... It, 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 I did forget about Wardlow for a bit there, and when when he was coming out, and Samoa Joe looked all shocked. I, I they hadn't panned over to the Titantron, so you knew who it was, and I did not recognize the music. So when he walked out, and I started going, going crazy for Wardlow. Um, I, I, you're right. I, I did kind of like th- their roster is so big where guys can kind of disappear and come back. And but to that being with all that being said, he got a great pop. Uh, mm-hmm. And I really like the work that Wardlow did with um, with Joe. So I certainly yeah. think it's uh, it's a good way to continue that and uh, kind of give that some new 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 breath of life. We're going to talk more about that match later on. My maybe number four guys was what's that? I said maybe Wardlow can bring Miro back. We haven't seen him in so let, long. Let's let, let's hope. Let's hope for the love of God. <laughs> Uh, the love of God. Yeah, remember uh, all these like promos and vignettes that Miro did, and then suddenly it disappears. It's like, um, huh? Well, I'll put it to you this way, Eric. You don't, you don't challenge God. You don't challenge God. You do not pick a fight with God. The only one who can do that is Vince McMahon. We all know that. Um, well, I believe, I believe in Buddha and karma. So well, regardless, things, regardless, this is what things. this is what Miro did. This is what Miro did, and this is where he is. Uh, my number four guys is Jade versus Red Velvet. I thought again this was one of Jade's better matches in the last while. Certainly, the feud with Nyla Rose wasn't any good. And the and the thing is, is like, sure she's an attraction when you put her on Rampage to defend the title. But if you don't care who she's defending the title against, which a lot of the time I don't, what does it really matter? Like these fifty wins are impressive, and that's great, and I'm I'm happy that they've done the work with her but jack's right when we need when he says that we need somebody in front of her that's actually going to look like a threat i'm hoping for mercedes monet but i'm hoping for that but time will tell with that and we we shall see um but yeah i i did think that this match deserved highlighting i think that tony khan has gotten wise to the fact that people started to pick up that he was putting women the women on at 9 15 and now he's moved <laughs> to 9 30 for the last two weeks so he's like, no, no, bump him 15. Keep him, th- keep him guessing. Maybe we won't I have a win. It. I love it. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed this. I thought that both ladies worked well. I, Red Velvet, uh, I, she's somebody who, in the beginning, I was not a fan. She quickly turned uh, my opinion of her around, and I think she looks great. Uh, and I, again, I thought Jade looked really good. I, I like the fact that she's trying to attempt to hit the Jaded from different positions. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think this was as smooth as the last time she did it, but I, she still got it. And at the end of the day, she still got it and she still won. And she again, she looks great. She is a star. Uh, getting into the number threes, guys. Jack, I'll start with you. You're number three. All right. So uh, my number three is just the fact that Mox and Hangman delivered again. Like, you know, the, you look at <laughs> Agreed the disagree. matches that they had and you look at this particular match, like, you know, there's stories that they're telling. You know, like I thought that that that, that first match and playing the whole thing about you 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 giving somebody concussion and knocking them out and all of that, which now you're kind of playing fast and loose with the wrestling rules because the object is to do that exactly. So once you bring that as part of the story, then why do we punch or kick anybody? 
So the fact that they've come back in, in, in this in the number three match, you know, was pretty hard hitting. They went for it. I think they got good chemistry. Um, the finish came out of, uh, in some ways, came out of nowhere. And and it, by the end of it, I'm like, okay, I will want to see another one. I'm just wondering what the next story that they're telling because now they've gotten the you know the the, the two out of three. Uh, maybe that's next to two out of three ball match. But you know, we get this when we get the finish. I don't know if this is turning into a turn. I don't know is Mox turning. I don't know is is you know it's, it's almost like. That this match is happening in, in its own universe, kind of separate from everything else. Like this issue, so yeah, I I I, they, I felt like they they delivered on on number three, and I enjoyed it. So yeah, that 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 was my number two. That's an excellent choice. Uh, mine was, or yeah, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go next. The mine was Danielson and Thatcher. I thought these guys hey, wrestled. Mine was really number three. What's that? Mine was number three as well. Perfect. Well, then we'll both get an opportunity to go at it. This is great. Danielson and Thatcher, like, uh, this isn't my style of wrestling. Uh, this isn't the wrestling that I necessarily enjoy, but I think a personality like Danielson and certainly Thatcher, too, to a certain degree, uh, they make these matches a little bit more interesting than I think I've seen in the past. So, uh, however, uh, and, and I thought that these guys took it up a notch. The strikes were fantastic. The targeting of Danielson's shoulder was great. Uh, Thatcher was the perfect guy to put into this position. I, I mean, I don't expect we're going to see a lot of Thatcher in AEW, but this was, I think, a really good... Uh, you know, a really good dynamite match and a great way to further this storyline. I'm so excited for next week with Roosh and Danielson. I, I, you know, it's funny. In the beginning of this storyline, I, I said that I wasn't sure about this because they kind of had the whole idea of it was just Danielson had to win the next few weeks. And like that, that kind of gave away the fact that he was going to win for the next few weeks. But mm -hmm. the matches he's been able to have over the last three or four weeks have been good enough where I don't think for me anyway, that matters. I, I Yeah, I, I expect that he's going to beat Roosh next week. I expect that he was going to beat Thatcher this week. But the matches themselves are going above and beyond and delivering. The, the Bandito match was so fucking good. And mm -hmm. uh, like, I, again, I think Danielson is a guy that is smart, wise enough to the business where he understands that it is more than just, you know, being the baddest guy in the ring with the best holds and whatever you do have to kick it up a notch. And he's got that WWE still in him. And I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. Uh, I thought this match was great. And it's my number three. Uh, Eric, <laughs> this is your number three as well. So go at it. Yes, it was. Um, so what are the announcements with Timothy Thatcher coming? I'm like, oh, my God. Yes, please give this to me. Uh, this this match was great because it really did look like, you know, MJF is like trying to plot on making sure Danielson is injured within these next like few weeks leading up to Revolution. And this was just a really great match and also just really awesome to see Timothy Thatcher on television. So that's kind of got me getting all the feels as I guess this is amazing because, you know, if you've seen your his matches like previously, he's insane. So, yep. But, but again, this was just really great match and a great challenge for Danielson. And then uh, next week, it's giving this hopefully the same thing against Roosh. So we'll see. Um, but honestly, having said that, though, like the segment that he had with MGF later on, it's like, eh, this could have went a different direction and be like, I don't know. What if he just said, I don't really care about your money? 
but I'll still hurt Danielson. And then as a little twist, and maybe in the future, I'm going to hurt you. That's real. That's the style of Rouge, though. Like, as a, as his villain persona, he doesn't give two shits about f- for anybody. So that's literally how he could have put it. And MGF, you know, if you see the fear in him, he'll just, like, back away slowly and just be like, good luck in your new match and such. And just, like, walk off. Like, just make MGF look scared for once that if he cross paths with Roosh, he's legit going to die. Like, I saw Roosh beat up Jeff Cobb for, or was it? Oh, no, Jeff Cobb was beating up Don Castle. Whatever. But I saw Roosh, like, fight at G1 Supercard, and he was fucking insane. Okay, now this is going to bother me. I'm going to be like, who the hell did he fight in G1 Supercard? But either way, yeah, I can't wait for next week as well. But Thatcher Danielson, that was still awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Number two, we've got down to the final two, guys. Jack, your number two. So my my number two, uh, I, I'm going to go with uh, the, the Young Bucks and, and Kenny and the whole segment that they did on the basketball court for a few different reasons. Number one, <laughs> They went to the Mr. Perfect School of Basketball with the with the perfect shot. I mean, who knows how many times they shot that? But that was, the I was gonna say that was totally not taped for live television. <laughs> it's like we're totally not live. Yeah, look, I, I, I think when you look at and, and it and it hit with AEW again having such a bloated roster. That now that they have made these three man championship belts. And now they're trying to make shift other challengers for it because there's not enough established three-man teams in AEW. So just to see them trying to figure that out, you got the the, the Young Bucks, who essentially you would say is the, the best tag team in the world, but they're not the tag mm-hmm. team champions. The tag team champions are... Uh, um, um, oh, the name the Acclaims. Yeah, the acclaim. So Jeez. the young bucks have the belt with with Kenny Omega. So now they're trying to find a way to bring another belt. And now that it's almost like you're trying to make shift something. And I think in some well, ways they are in their own world too. There's a lot of own worlds in AEW. A lot of people put it on Cody, the Cody verse. But I think there's a young a young buck verse. There's a Jay Carville verse. A lot of those verses going on. But yeah, that was my well, number two. Well, they did buy Ring of Honor, so who knows? They'll be the six-man tag team champs. <laughs> Boy. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. Eric, your number two. Uh, my number two, uh, Jade going 15 all. Like, uh, let's uh, think about how far she has come. Like, we first knew about her when she was a tag team partner for freaking Shaquille O'Neal. It's both kind of embarrassing and very sad but having said that though once the streak was kind of building everyone's like oh my god like this girl's this superstar is like impossible to beat and i mean she kind of is like she almost is like a regeneration of the late great china who in my opinion like one of the all-time greatest women wrestlers ever just behind her status but She's phenomenal. Like, love her, hate her. Jade is fucking amazing. So, who knows? It, you have to really pick out the right person to end her streak. A lot of people are saying, like, oh, well, when Chris Statler again, when Chris Statlander comes back, you know, she'll win the TBS title. I'm not like, um, I like Chris, but you sure? I, I don't know. I was more hoping Nyla Rose was going to end the streak because I like her more. 
But just Jade going 15-0, and honestly, just seeing her, like, carry off her daughter, and she was, like, just crying. She was, like, her mommy is, like, still, like, strong. It's, like, oh, it's just those tiny things where it's, like, you want to she's the villain, but it's like, she just bought her kid. It's like, God damn it, stop bringing wrestling into the movie or something. But it was still awesome. So, I I don't know, I was still low-key thinking she might have, she might be like 49-1, and one and that's gonna like topple herself, but who knows, you know, if Roman Reigns can go somewhat undefeated for two years, maybe Shade could be the superstar that honestly goes undefeated for a year or two. We don't know. Maybe we she's don't. literally going to run over the entire AEW roster, and then she takes her talents onto the indie circuit, you know, make a name for herself more, and just beat up all the superstars. So, who's we'll see. Also, and I figured out who Roosh beat up in milliseconds. It was not Jeff Cobb. No, Cobb had a match against Will Ospreay, which that was epic. Roosh beat up one of my top five least favorite superstars, but mostly one that I love watching get beat up, Dalton Castle. I'm sorry, I am not a Dalton Castle fan. I think he's just, human-wise, you know, I bet he's very amazing. But just wrestling persona, I cannot stand the Peacock, and I especially cannot stand the boys. Like, no, 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 no. Even if there were, even if there was a female, even if there was a female version called The Girls, I will still say no. It's just, no. But it was very funny to watch Dalton fire the boys at G1 Supercard. But, yeah, I, I just love that. That's where I like, first fell in love with how awesome Roosh is by beating up Dalton Castle in 13 seconds. I love that's, it. That's, that's totally fair. Totally fair. My number two, yeah. guys, was Moxley versus Hangman Page. thought they had a tremendous opening match. thought the moment with Moxley coming out with his dad was really cool. Uh, I didn't feel the same way that Eric did about, about the finish. I thought that, again, like Jack said, this continues to... Like we, I think the final destination for this match is a match that wrestling fans universally pretty much hate in the uh, last man standing match. But uh, I just think that that's where it goes. Maybe, maybe we get the second attempt at the exploding dead. Uh, you know, barbed wire. I was wire literally dead. about to bring up maybe we could get another. Please don't. Wire please match, but don't. Yeah, I'm with Jack. Absolutely not. Don't do that. No, no. Uh, it, I would rather see a. Another Mountain Dew pitch black match, which that looks far worse. I, I, sir, I think that the Mountain no. Dew pitch black match was way better than I anticipated it to be. I will say, aesthetically, to my eyes, to my ADHD brain, that match was. I, uh, I have a tiny bit of ADHD myself, and I say no. <laughs> well, that's fair. We'll have to agree to disagree on the uh, the pitch black match. But no, Moxley and Page, another match we'll agree to a disagree or to disagree on. Yeah. Um, that match I thought was tremendous. Great way to open the show. I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to the the the, the, the final confrontation between the two of them and to see oh, who yeah. moves on. This definitely has Maybe. to be the, the send off for Moxley with his with how, his. Uh, how about how about a barbed wire death match? Like nothing, no exploding, no anything, just barbed wire death match. You know, just like, um, I forget who fought him for it, but like Lance Archer had one. I think actually it was, with, it was against Hangman Page, if I'm not mistaken. This was on Dynamite, that I remember. Certainly would be not a bad idea whatsoever. I do yeah. believe they also had one with, um, no, it wasn't, that wasn't a barbed wire match with Adam Cole. It was something different. But either way, I, I, I no, do like Hangman that idea. Page. Hangman Page, not Adam right. Cole. 
Right. I, I think I, I, I'm just thinking of a spot with Hangman and Adam Cole with barbed wire. But with all that being said, though, I do think that's a great idea. We can take the exploding out of it and, and continue to do that. I mean, I think that that's a match made in heaven, really, right there. Those these yeah. two guys, they work real snug together. Uh, oh, I yeah. think that everything and looks really clean. Would, and, would you uh, have that? Would you have that as a main event or a penultimate main event, maybe? Or match. I'm, a, I'm a proponent for the title always goes on last, especially with the MJF Danielson stuff. I think that's a match you put right in the middle of the card because you well, need people to come the- down from that and, and rest a little bit because that's going to be a fire match when it comes to the crowd. Well, yeah, that was wow. the first full gear. It was Omega and Moxley in the unsanctioned match, which I don't care what the Baltimore Sports Authority thinks on the amount of blood. I thought that was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. I love it. I love your fire, buddy. Yes. I love your fire. Exactly. Um, number two. You gotta have me on more. <laughs> no, 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 sorry, we're, we're finished the number twos, guys. Uh, moving on to number one. Uh, I'll start with you, Jack. What was your number one? My number one. Brrr, who wants to see Darby Allen die? <laughs> Every time we get a Darby Allen match, I spend the most of the match fearing for this man's safety. Like, who comes out with a barbed wire, I mean, a, a, a tack field Sometimes. Like, who does this and then just wrestles just such a... He wrestles like he is in somebody else's body. I love when Joe gave him the note. That is always one of my favorite spots. So the fact that he worked that in, but in so it, there were so many moments when I'm like, I am about to watch the end of Darby Allen. And then you see Darby get out the ring and start cutting the, 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 the ring up. And I'm like, what the hell is he doing? Are they going to run out of time to even do what he's trying to do? Couldn't get it. Get the ring all tore up only for Samoa Joe to it's, it's Samoa Joe and, and it's over. And it's yep. just like, man, ah, who wants to see Darby Allen the end of it yep. right in the ring? There are some people that are just determined to finish their lives the way that they live them. And I think Darby Allen, that is what we're working with. And that is my number one. Who wants to watch Darby die? <laughs> I think it's fair to say this was probably all of our number ones. Because that was my number one as well. Like, Darby is basically this generation's combination of Mick Foley, Terry Funk, Sabu, while going through an emo phase, possibly working more time at Hot Topic, while gaming like crazy on Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Which, by the way, why the fuck is he not on a Tony Hawk game yet? Come on. I will tell. I will tell. Yes. Like, just... Everything about Darby, he's just freaking insane. Whether he wins or loses, I personally wish Darby had won this match, but okay, sure. Samoa wins again. It's like, um, I'm not, it's not like I don't mind it. I'm just not 100% okay with it, but who knows what's going to happen. But this match was awesome. Like, I always love just the hardcore matches. I know, like, uh, one, one of the uh, Just Us Marks panelists, they are. Not the biggest fan of these matches, especially when uh, they always are hoping Sting doesn't die when he makes gigantic leaps. And the same thing with Jeff Hardy. But yeah, with Darby, he kind of basically has a death wish. Like, And you have to remember, like, it does add in 
with not just his wrestling persona, but his real life, because he has had a pretty tragic backstory from himself uh, leading up to, you know, just being one of the four pillars of AEW. And that's honestly the best thing we love about Darby is just any sort of match he can be in is just incredible. And I really hope Pro Wrestling Tees, they can make at least a replica of his thumbtacks jacket. Obviously, I don't want to be walking around with actual thumbtacks on my jacket, but I would not mind paying 50, 60 bucks for a Darby Allen replica thumbtack jacket. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, you, Eric, you were correct. This is also my number one. Uh, Jack, you mentioned the nope spot, which everyone always loves with Samoa Joe. Uh, the spot where Joe's in the corner getting chopped and then just takes Darby and throws him over the top rope. <laughs> And Darby just flies, or the spot on the stairs where he just dumps him over the, the like the the, uh, uh, the the spacer in between. Like I was watching this with my girlfriend, and she's cringing watching this entire just watching this man just get tossed around like nothing. And again, she's I, not she, a she's not a wrestling fan, is she? <laughs> she's she's getting there. She's getting there. She's getting there. Okay, um, don't worry. I'm I'm doing the same with my girlfriend. Um. <laughs> With all that being said, though, no, I, I like see. And now, Eric, I, I do I do see where you're coming from with Darby, because Darby is a big star of now. And Samoa Joe is a guy who's kind of from yesteryear. So why are you putting the title on him and why are we keeping him so strong? Well, I think that you got to remember like the, the Joe run in WWE was so wishy washy. And don't get me wrong. Great moments came out of that. But yeah. I think that Tony especially is NXT run. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um, I think Tony Khan respects Joe to a certain amount where he wants to keep him as strong as possible. And honestly, when 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 um, Darby pinned Joe a few weeks ago to win the title, that was a really big moment. And I think that he, was, he that was a upset. It was, but it was in Seattle, so we all should have known. We yeah. all should have known that it was coming. It was his hometown. <laughs> See, that See unlike with WWE, if you're fighting in your hometown, you're going to lose. Absolutely. Absolutely you are. Um, but with all that being said, though, I, I think that um, I think that Joe is a great guy to be putting over this young talent, and you can put somebody over without necessarily them beating you. And he's done wonders with Darby Allen. Their three matches have been tremendous, yep. and I, I'm, I'm interested to see what he's going to do with Wardlow as well. Don't forget, he's also the Ring of Honor TV champion, so there's going to be a lot of inter, you know, inter, you know, promotional stuff that he'll get to do. I know he's also working backstage. So this guy is a guy who I think is a really great get for AEW. I love seeing Samoa wrong on TV. And I thought this match was absolutely tremendous. Guys, yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure there was a good agreement between Joe and Darby, too. That like, yeah, you know, you win the belt in Seattle and Joe's going to win it back a couple weeks later. I'm sure there was an agreement with it. Maybe one that fans might not agree with, but it is what it is. And also on a final note, I do want to know who Darby's chiropractor is, because how the hell has he never been injured for maybe six months or more? Like with Kenny, Adam Cole, Darby seems like he's been not on every Dynamite, but he seems like he's been on almost every AEW show. Mm-hmm. Or I'll say rarely I'll injured. Uh, you, you, said, you said earlier you're 28? Uh, yeah, I turned 28 so- last Thursday. Uh, well, happy belated birthday, brother. Thank you, um, brother. I turned 30 last year, and within 
a, a week I threw my back out, then I got COVID, then I got kidney stones, then I got COVID oh, again. Wow. Darby Allen's a young lad. He doesn't he don't know pain yet. He's going to no pain. He's going to no pain eventually. But right now, he's just throwing. He's he's this. You you call them this generation's Terry Funk. This generation's Mick Foley. I think that Jeff Hardy and is certainly Sabu. yeah Sabu yep. as well. So, certainly, I think Jeff Hardy's a big influence too because we all saw Jeff Hardy do things like this in his twenties. Maybe not to the same degree, um, but the wrestling has elevated and evolved to that degree, right? So you have to almost be as crazy as Darby Allen to make it in that sort of style. That being said, mm-hmm. though. I want to thank you both for coming on the yeah. show and doing yeah, the top yeah. five with me, the news with me, talking about dinner. Um, guys, we end every uh, review of Dynamite with a five-star five rate or a uh, one to five-star rating. You can do zero if you want to. I doubt it, though. Um, and I'm going to give this show a five. I thought this was a great show. I did not enjoy I did not not enjoy a single match on this card i thought jade cargo looked good i thought the opening match was fantastic danielson and thatcher was great cajun takeshita was great and samoa joe and darby allen one of my favorite matches so far in 2023 uh, eric i'll go to you first what do you give this i'll give it like a 4.25 out of five like there were certain moments where it's like eh, or just didn't really grasp my attention but it was still nevertheless a pretty great show and a great ending as well so you always want to make sure you know more people know on how a dynamite would end rather than you know oh you had a great show throughout the whole night but the main event is botched as horribly as let's say dark order beating up the bucks that nobody likes <laughs> so not to bring up some massive ptsd trauma with that but yeah but so nevertheless i i enjoyed it so Let's see what next week brings. Absolutely. Jack, what do you give this bad boy? And I'm definitely going to go a strong 4.5 because I didn't even touch on, uh, you know, the the, the Daniel Bryan match. <laughs> like, it, it, and that's another one. I mean, that just adds to, to great all the great programming and we can have this much of a conversation and still leave pieces of it off. That just lets you know that that was just night of pro wrestling and i enjoyed it and us talking about it has enhanced it for me even more excellent 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 well before we start the social media plugins or plugs i'm just going to let everybody know who is uh listening to our series of podcasts we did just have an episode of world's funniest podcast drop at the last day of january where myself and dk sit down and don't talk about any james bond movies because we're done we did it finished all of them 25 fucking movies we did it we just kind of shot the shit talked about when my room got snowed in in uh, december talked about christmas talked about me getting COVID again and 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 just uh, had a really good time we also did the t- we talked about the world's ugliest dogs we did headlines it was a great time. uh jack just joined us for the royal rumble recap show the royal rumble after show uh that is expected to drop in the next few days uh, by the time you guys hear this podcast that show will have already dropped uh that being said I also have a uh, Ryland's Morning Sports Report that dropped, that it's going to drop in the next week or so. Guys, this show went almost four hours long, talking the entire NFL season, how every team played out, what they need, what they don't need, the positives, the negatives. I was joined by Kyle Joseph and his brother, Christian Joseph, to break down that season. I may split that into two shows, but who knows? Maybe you get a four-hour podcast. Maybe. All that being said, uh, also... <coughs> <coughs> 
stay tuned for uh, Drive to Rewind, a series that Kyle and myself have uh, taken on where we're going to be reviewing each season of Drive to Survive off Netflix. We're big... Oh, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it, motherfucker. Keep going. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping quiet. Keeping quiet. We uh, review the Drive to Survive series on Netflix, which people think is killing F1 racing, and I think it's bringing it to North America, and it's making it more popular, and making a lot of fucking money, which is what F1's all about. So me and Kyle are going to break down the first two seasons in episode one. In episode two, we'll break down season three and four. COVID season's actually kind of, if that's, a, that's a fascinating season to watch, which is season three. Uh, season five drops at the end of the month on Netflix, and we will be doing episode per episode with that. So stay tuned for that. All that being said, guys, it's time to plug some social media. So Eric, why don't you tell the fine folks who listen to these podcasts where they can find you on social media if they want to, you know, converse with you about your opinions <laughs> on tonight's episode or if they just want to follow you. Yeah, guys, just follow me at the Twitter. At, that's E-R-I-K-Z-A-R-I-N-S. You'll see a very beautiful profile picture of me that is featured on the Cleveland Monsters pregame video of me with very crazy glasses. But nevertheless, you know, I'll talk wrestling, I'll talk hockey, I'll talk motorsports or just Follow me and you can just chit chat and such. And a beautiful shout out to the entire Podcast Wrestling Federation, the networking that we do with everybody because they are amazing people, just like this weirdo. Oh, I was Jack, talking about you want to follow. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Now you're cool, man. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah. Jack, if they want to uh, follow you on social media, where do they find you? Uh, yep, you can hit me at Chef Jack London on Facebook and Instagram. And I'll just plug, I'm about. 20 minutes away from my 39th birthday. Turn up! Oh, 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 oh. Goddamn, Chef Jack. What are you having for your birthday dinner? 39. Um, you know what? Hopefully somebody cooks for me, so I'll see. I'm not <laughs> sure yet. Better get the girlfriend to come down and hook something up. We'll see. But yeah, 39, Ooh. man. 39. It's a blessing. Yeah, absolutely. Every, every day is a blessing. And, and you know what? This episode was a blessing because this afternoon when I did not have a co-host, you two brothers stepped up and uh, I appreciate you greatly for joining me on this podcast. If you want to find any of our podcasts on social media or if you just want to converse with me or Kyle on social media, you can find me at, at R-Y-A-M Sport Report on Twitter. For the, for the Wednesday Night Wallop stuff, it's at WN Wallop on Twitter, WN Wallop on Instagram. And if you want to find us on Facebook, just type in Wednesday Night Wallop. Look for myself, Rylan Turner, and Kyle Joseph's name. That's us. Follow us there. Follow us everywhere. We are available on Amazon Music, Deezer, Spotify, Podbean, not yet Apple Music. We're working on it. We're working on it. None of us have Apple products, so it is a, it is a struggle. We're also available on Google Podcasts. So, with all that being said, guys, thank you once again for joining me. Everyone, you have been walloped. <laughs>
shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.